is the Counterculture Comic Podcast. And shut up. I'm getting to it. Brain, I've had enough of you. But this is my part. They could read them between the lines here. So uh, Deadpool, that's what we're talking about today. Yes, yes I know, we are. I know, I know, right? Hey, you. I'm talking to them. Or him. Now, if we only had some mules, we could Billy Crystal this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm Nick Hemsing. And I'm Brock Beauchamp. Yes, today we're doing Deadpool on Deadpool on Deadpool. We are going to talk about the first several issues of Deadpool Volume 1 from 1997, Deadpool Volume 2 from 2008, Deadpool Volume 3 from 2012, and I also unnecessarily subjected myself to Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool Illustrated, and Deadpool Kills Deadpool. And we also watch the movie Deadpool. So it's Deadpool on Deadpool on Deadpool. It's very Deadpool. It's very Deadpool. It's the most Deadpool podcast in the history of Deadpool. I don't know. I mean, that's a lot to say. Possibly. But, uh... but before we jump into that, we have a couple things to run down, which um, I finally watched the Fantastic Four movie. Grandma's? Yes, Grandma's. Uh I assume you have not seen the Fantastic Four movie. I have not. Oh, good I, gracious! Do not watch this movie. Okay. Um, I, 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 had, I had that opinion. Horrible. Before. I mean, it starts out and you're kind of following along and like, okay, this might not be a complete train wreck. And then it goes straight into train wreck land. The dialogue is just skin crawling, wince inducing. Oh, man, this movie sucked. I mean, I, I don't want to dwell on it for too long because I know a lot of people already know it sucks, but I can't believe that this is the guy who made Chronicle. And then he turns around and makes this steaming, festering pile of yeah, you know I, I think, what. Um, th- I think there was so – what I've heard was there was so much to do with the failure of that movie um, that it wasn't just him. No, um, no. I mean, there was there was something. There was the. It was almost like the project that it was the project that that nobody wanted to make. Well, at some point, they just mm-hmm. needed. They just weren't going to finish it because they had to. Um, and uh, so it was. Um, it was bad for a number of reasons, and yeah. the, the the and ultimately the one which was that I think all the passion went out of making that movie, and. It, w- it just became a movie that people showed up to film. Um, so it, the uh, that's uh, so I think that the, the that was the main problem. Yeah, it's it's not all on him um, because I think he only had co-writing credits on it. Somebody else participated in this crap fest of a script. It was just not the Fantastic Four. It was badly written. It was badly paced. It was another origin story, despite us receiving an origin story for the Fantastic Four roughly 10 years ago from the same studio. It's just terrible. And do not watch it. And I'm just going to leave it at that because we have something much more fanboy squee to talk about. And that is the casting of the Dark Tower. Okay, yeah, that's that's that was me. I, I mean, you know. I, I almost need to, when I saw that at work, I almost needed, you know, take a moment. And, yeah. You know, oh my think God. Of how blessed life was at the moment. Yeah. 
Leah. One is that one is is that I love that they looked around Hollywood, you know, or they looked at all the actors available, and they said, you know, they just said a blanket statement was who could play Roland. Yeah, and they settled on the person who could probably play Roland the best right now. If we get to choose from, I mean, there's lots of good choices. Sure, but uh, Idris Elba has the um, has that serious dead seriousness um, yeah and it, there's just such a weight to his presence yeah it, it, anybody it, who saw him as stringer bell in the wire and just the presence he brought to that role was just incredible and um i actually would have been fine with matthew mcconaughey being cast as either role and ultimately yeah, they decided to cast him as the man in black and fantastic love it i cannot wait for this yeah, because it's funny is that they say they're gonna they're start they're starting film now and it's gonna be finished for next year and I realized, God damn it, the first movie is the cheapest movie you could make for for this. It's basically for most of the movie, it's a western. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which means basically they're going out to the California desert, you know, the uh, maybe building some quick you know, building some quick sets. Some of them not very impressive. Don't have to be very impressive sets. No, the um, only really uh, spectacular part is the tunnel near yeah, the, the end. But that, but even then, you can do a lot of that. A lot of that, since the slow mutants are humans or mm-hmm. hum- mutated humanoids, a lot of that's prosthetic with just some CG cleanup. Yep. Well, I'm talking about the uh, underground city. Oh, the actual underground city. The yeah, actual underground city part of it. That that that, that will require a, a little bit of work, but it's not, um, you know, it's not the a large part of the movie. No, it's not. And yeah, I can't be more excited for the way this is shaping up. I mean, if yeah, you're just judging by their casting choice, how smart they are with their casting choices. I mean that 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 tells me that the right people are. You know, right people with the right passion are working on this. Yeah, because, I mean that the uh, easily either one of those characters cast wrong could have been a disaster. Absolutely, and Matthew McConaughey is the Man in Black. All you have to do is look at his portrayal of Rust Cole in True Detective, and basically take that ca- character and hop him up on methamphetamines, and that's kind of the Man in Black. He needs to be. He needs to have a playful malevolence. Yes, and I can easily see that in Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's you know it's it's just mixed. You can see in other places where he's been, you know, where he comes off as as playful. Now just add that element of you know, just that evil or element or you know just this this look at the world that is you know almost a almost a humorous a contempt mm-hmm. i mean just i think it's great i i can't wait to see him on on screen yeah and... i don't know and, and i don't think i've said that very often for matthew mcconaughey movies um because well he's made an awful lot of romantic romantic comedies um yeah but, but i know. mean he killed it in contact yeah he was great in contact. uh he was good in mud He's been in several very good movies. Yeah, and he, he he he's built up a, he built he's built up some cred outside of his uh, annoying his cash failure to launch or whatever crap he was or in the wedding the wedding planner, which is 
unfortunately, one of the r- few romantic comedies that Liz will leave on. Oh, good God. <laughs> I I've been tortured by that movie. I know that movie. I don't want to know that movie. It <laughs> occupies a part of my brain that I can't get back. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, great casting. So we have a ton of Deadpool to talk about. So you yeah, want to just should, jump into Deadpool? We should just jump into it because I, I, I could talk about Dark, Dark yeah. Tower all day. Okay. So we'll start with Volume 1, which was released in 1997. This was Deadpool's first ongoing series. The first story arc involves him hopping, uh, hopping a bus into Canada and facing off against Sasquatch in some gamma radiation story thing that happens. Uh, stories aren't really... Deadpool's forte. It's more the way he gets there. It's the voyage, folks. Um, and you get a lot more insight into his home life and Blind Al, uh, which Blind Al appeared, I believe, in the miniseries before this, but occupies a much larger role in mm-hmm. this volume. And this is one of the defining works of Deadpool. It's what burst him into the public consciousness. And it was written by Joe Kelly with art by Ed McGuinness. And what were your thoughts on it? Um, no, okay. So, understanding that the first Deadpool that I ever read was the uh, second iteration of Deadpool, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Um, this to me, the whole time it felt like um, proto Deadpool. A bit, yeah. The uh, I, I, I saw some a lot of the elements that I would uh, that I would see later. Um, the uh, with perhaps a bit more. I mean, but this one definitely attempted to keep. Uh, a little bit more of the uh, seriousness of the character. Yeah. Um, well, this one had the seriousness in the character. This one introduced the comedy and seriousness of the character. Um, so it's it's the first. Um, so so it, it, in one case, I, I liked it, but I felt you know there was a uh, there was a part of the Deadpool storytelling that I had grown accustomed to that wasn't in here, which was a lot of his internal yeah um, uh, dialogue the uh but uh which i missed but i felt that the first few issues of it were uh were 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 good i mean i the uh, i could see where i could see why the character uh why the character took off yeah i loved this series when it came out in 97 and going back um it doesn't age particularly well because of what came after it but that's not its fault uh, what it is is this is, as you said, prototype Deadpool, and they're figuring stuff out. And you can kind of see them doing it on the fly. And without the series, the later books wouldn't have existed uh, because this book laid the template for what Deadpool was to become. And that couldn't be done without this series, but that means when you go back and look at it compared to some of the later works, it feels a little half-baked. Yeah, the uh, the first thing that always struck me was that goddamn '90s over over musculature. Oh yeah, that's a that's an Ed McGuinness thing, and I really like uh, the art in the series. I it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. It's a super clean style. It's over the top muscle muscular, and it's a little bit ridiculous, but it's still very cartoony, and it's mm-hmm. not muscular in a Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee sort of cross hatched to the moon type of way it's a it's a very friendly and accessible over the top art style i think i only i only pass it because of the because of the comedy of deadpool yeah 
and I actually I genuinely liked it in the 90s and I like it now because it it did have some of the 90s elements but it was very very different than the bad 90s <laughs> um it, it it has a unique style that's all its own and I won't I won't begrudge it its style just because there were other artists out there doing crappy versions of this all right all right fair enough fair enough I'll give you that um but yeah the, the first storyline I, I felt uh as as the first volume progressed I felt that right towards the end I was almost starting to to get lo- uh, be lost a little bit mm-hmm. the um maybe I was just more comfortable uh the very beginning I thought was uh was strong and then it started to I don't know it, I think that the uh when it got into more of the seriousness of Deadpool, so for some reason, I, I I stopped. It started being a little bit too much, a little too more, much like a regular comic book story. Sure. Yeah, and so you lose me a little bit. Um, the, uh, but as I said, it's uh, I I I liked <laughs> I, the best thing I liked about it is that it started the character. I guess that's the best yeah. thing I could. I could and say. it really didn't. There was a miniseries before this, but this. Mm-hmm was the first ongoing series and this explored a lot of the character uh so it gets nearly top billing if not top billing for kind of establishing deadpool as a character um how many issues did you read uh i read the the issues that you sent okay so i think i sent over a a dozen maybe yeah yeah I i read a dozen um and it's enjoyable i give it a soft read it uh a read it if you're a deadpool fan if you're not a Deadpool fan and you're not well, if you're Deadpool a, fan, if you're Deadpool fan, you probably already read it. If sure. you're just if you're new because of the movie, then you can go back and read it. Yeah, I would probably say read this uh, because of the stuff that's coming later. Um, which some of that stuff that's later. Let's jump on over to Deadpool Volume Two. We. This is the second ongoing series, which began in 2008 and picks up with Wade immersed in the Marvel-wide Scroll Invasion storyline. This was written by Daniel Way with art by Paco Medina. This was the longest-running Deadpool series, I believe. I think it went for about 60 issues. And I only read it off and on, but this time around I went and read the first dozen issues again. And in my opinion, this is the best Deadpool series, and it's not close. No, I, I uh, and I have previously read om, uh, almost all of them. Oh, okay. Uh, the uh, so I mean, this is the series. Just you, going on, this is a series that much more mixes with him. What I think makes Deadpool awesome, which is he is the um, if once you put you set him against the rest of the Marvel universe, and you have him mingle with the Marvel universe. I mean, he show he is he shows how absurd the whole thing is. Yeah, um, he the it, to me, and you know, this is why I love Deadpool so much. Deadpool to me justifies the entire Marvel universe. <laughs> That's a bold statement, man. <laughs> um, because the simply because when he through this ento- entire run, he he is a giant pain in the ass to everybody, but in a way that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he takes he, down he, the scrolls is yes, the way fantastic. He, and then you find out that he's working for somebody and actually is doing the right thing in a very Deadpool sort of way. 
But the way he takes mm-hmm. down the Skrull invaders is just priceless. Yeah, this entire run is also the smart Deadpool. This is the smartest yes, Deadpool. Yes, absolutely. And this is this is the one where um, where every and it's smartly written, and it's also Deadpool portrayed as his most intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, which I, I like both uh, because there's always at, at the mo- there's a moment at the end of most of these stories where somebody is scratching their head, going. You know, the whole time, the whole time they they're just they're just completely annoyed by the fact that Deadpool is there and he's being Deadpool. And then all of a sudden at the end, they see what he's done mm-hmm. and they just scratch their head and go, what, what just happened? And then, you know, somebody say, uh, you know, they'll say, I said, you, you never when Deadpool gets involved, you, 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 you just don't know. Yeah, and, and there's a controlled, just slightly controlled insanity in this version of Deadpool that is fun to watch because he's very effective in a Deadpool sort of way. And again, you know, like all the good Deadpool stories, it's about the journey, not the destination, and the way he gets to this ultimate, you know, winning point is just so enjoyable. And he's smart, and you realize that underneath the multiple voices and you know that are telling him to do various things he's actually a very effective assassin yeah which is which is by the way that those multiple voices are another one of the character just the character elements of this run that Mm -hmm. that once you read deadpool this way you cannot unread deadpool this way yes the uh you want the greatest conversations he has are with himself Mm mm-hmm um, in a way that it, it, it's it's sprinkled everywhere. It you know it's it's fourth wall. It's self you know it's it's uh, you know the what uh, he, um, he knows you know he he has the presence that you know he's a comic book character. You know all those things are are here. And once we you know when you go back to the original series or you go back to further series and you see that they're gone you miss them oh definitely definitely and that's you know why it's a little bit hard to go back and read volume one because it's it's missing some of these things that we now identify as key character traits yes so the uh, uh daniel way's writing of this character is beautiful yeah the best i've ever seen yeah and so it's i this is the this is the deadpool that i i got to learn first okay and I was lucky for it. The uh, the uh, this the uh, this was recommended to me by uh, a guy at work, and then once I you know, took the recommendation, hunted down issues, and and started reading. So uh, so I'm the starting off with the the scroll invasion was beautiful. The uh, um, did you how, did you did you read where he where he uh, he fights the Draculas? Um, you know, I think I read that way back when. The whole time he's just calling them the Draculas. The uh, boy, that's vaguely familiar. I, I so, might have read it back they, in two thousand nine or They hate him so, so much. The <laughs> it's 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 beautiful. The uh, it's the um and but then there's also the time that you know he he finally gets paid, he gets rich, and he just sits he sits there and he doesn't know what to do, so he's bored, so he shoots himself in the head. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the uh, 
or you know, he decides he he he's bored, so he decides to become a pirate, have a pirate ship. <laughs> I mean, there's it, 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 the the thing is, is all of that is all of that is nothing without the silly, without the the writing, that the goes internal with. dialogue, the internal dialogue that goes with it. It's sure. it's beautiful. If you read any Deadpool at all, read this series. Absolutely, best series. Uh, yeah, and I don't think that's. I don't think it's close. But anyway, let's hop over to Volume 3. We did not read Volume 4, which just started up, I think, last year, or maybe even this year. No, it would have been last year because it's the beginning of the year. But uh, because we just, we were on Deadpool Overload, as we'll Mm -hmm. get into in a little bit. Um, Actually, I'm I'm totally off base there. We're not going to go to Volume 3 yet because in between Volume 2 and 3 came the Deadpool Kills trilogy. Which was Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe, Deadpool Kill Illustrated, and then Deadpool kills Deadpool. This was written by Colin Bunn, uh, all all three arcs. I hated these books. I mean, <laughs> just despised them. They were... I, I, Nick and I texted back and forth quite a bit while I was reading these. I, did you read them again? Um, so I, I didn't. Re- I didn't have a chance to read them again. I, 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 haven't, I actually haven't read Killustrated. Um, oh, okay. I've only I've only read uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe and Deadpool kills Deadpool. I read Deadpool Deadpool kills Deadpool first. Oh, okay. Um, and and I actually have to say that I I actually liked that one. That um, one's actually readable. That one's readable. De- Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe is is. is is supremely is supremely rushed and not well thought out. No, it's not the, thought out at all. I mean, all Deadpool does is go and kill people, and it takes usually anywhere between two panels to two pages to kill each person. There's no witticism. There's nothing funny. There's nothing creative. It's missing all those elements from Volume Two, where Deadpool is incredibly smart, but he devises these overly complex and almost self-defeating ways to accomplish a goal because Deadpool will never sacrifice form for function. Function. Correct. He yeah. he would rather fail in a spectacular manner than succeed in a boring fashion. And this book doesn't understand that. It it sucks all the fun out of Deadpool. Yeah, I, I thought that the I thought that it was. I think I liked the idea of it. More. Oh, I love the far idea more, far more than the execution. They could have done a lot more, a lot more with it if they had, if they had actually um, given it the time and put the real thought into it. Then it could have been one of the funniest. It could have been sports. glorious. Could have been it glorious. Have, it could have been a contender. I could don't have know. Been I had to say that. I don't know why. Um, well, and that's why I'm so down on it is because the idea is fantastic. Deadpool should be showing this childlike glee at the idea of killing everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Deadpool would do. He would create he would just be so excited that he has something to do that is super challenging and ridiculous. And he would create these overly complex plans and just hilarious ways to kill in, people in a way the people in a way that the people die their last word is how yeah, exactly <laughs> this happen you know it, the, uh, there's yes there's a lot of ways you could use a lot of ways you could write that story in a way that 
it would each one of them would be inter- each one of them would be entertaining and for some reason you wouldn't mind watching any of the marvel marvel characters die no because you know what if you do it funny you can you can deal with the uncomfortable part of deadpool killing captain america but there has to be some witticism and charm behind the Deadpool character, and there isn't any of that in this series. Now, Killustrated is slightly better than Kills the Marvel U, and Deadpool Kills Deadpool is slightly better than Killustrated. But, I mean, even though each one got a little bit better, I mean, the third one was still maybe average at best, and I would say below average. It just, there's I, no I, I life saw- in this character. See, I, I I think I liked at least the only thing I liked about uh, Deadpool uh, Deadpool kills Deadpool is that well for, it, it actually it branched off one part of the uh, the main series at some point where uh, Deadpool has a piece of him cut off or pieces of him cut off that somebody makes into another Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, but I think it was just the insanity of turning all of the Marvel characters into Deadpool's. That for some reason entertained me. I mean, yes, it could have been better. There's lots of things to be better, but you know, the uh, having you know virtually every villain and every character turned into some version of Deadpool, and then having all these other versions of Deadpool that existed, including and it was it was Panda Pool. Yeah, the, I mean, there were great elements like that, but the problem is, is that the again the idea is great. I love you it. You can't make me unlike that book. The, Fuck you, the execution Sam. is not good. Okay, you know what a bunch of Deadpools should be in the same room? Complete and utter pandemonium. I mean, it should they be... Had a abs- panda. I know. <laughs> the panda should be pandemonium. But, I mean, there should be Deadpools just randomly killing each other in just ridiculous, hilarious ways for the stupidest of reasons. It should be complete chaos. This book should read like just utter mayhem. And they play Deadpool straight most of the time. Most, uh, almost all the Deadpools, like Lady Pool, and they play him as I got, I, I got straight men. And I, just, I, know. Oh. I, still, I still enjoyed it. So I mean, it's now. it's fine. It, you enjoyed it, but man, what a waste of a great high concept. That's all I can say about it. You watch Point Break every, once every six months. Yeah, because that is utterly genius. <laughs> it is so terrible. I, I, okay. I, I, like, I, I like this one. So go to hell. This is trying to be terrible and misses. You know. I still I, I enjoyed it. I don't know why. Yeah, I, that's, I, I, that's fine. I think it's utter shit. Well, fuck you. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, by the way, by the way, there, there's the official official review of Deadpool's Deadpool kills Deadpool. You know, from uh, the fine people here at Schlockworks. Yeah. Um, the uh, pick up our next book, which is uh, this book is great. No, fuck you. Yes. Um, so next, what do we have to talk about? Okay, so uh, in case anyone out there was wondering, I give this book or this series a big do not read. Just in case you were a little bit, you know, curious what my final verdict was on that. Read Deadpool kills Deadpool if you, if you don't read any of them, man. Go <laughs> read Deadpool volume twice again or volume two again. Um, do that, that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this read anything. Uh, don't read New Mutants number ninety eight. Okay, I will. 
I almost threw that book into this podcast just so you could read the first issue of Deadpool, which I have at my dad's house. Yeah. Okay. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll take your advice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Rob Liefeld and uh, yeah, it's terrible, but okay. hell, I might rather read that than this. Okay. Let's jump over to Deadpool volume three. This third series from 2012. A rogue shield agent revives ghost versions of the American presidents. Chaos ensues. Written by Jerry Duggan and Brian Pozhane. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. With interior art by Tony Moore. You know, this this captured the right kind of chaos that Deadpool should have. But man, this first arc just didn't hook me. No, and I felt that... Um, so... I felt that it had the one part, it had one part of Deadpool, but not all the parts of Deadpool. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that it, it, it I thought that it had the insanity of, uh, had, I think it, I think the problem I had with it is that the actual story was more insane than he was. Yeah, it really was. And it, maybe it's just me, but the president arc went for f- five or six issues. I think six issues. Uh, and it could have been two, maybe three tops. It just seemed to keep dragging on and it was just the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. I I think ultimately I just, I I just looked at it and and I said, I like Deadpool better when the situation he is in is not crazy. He makes it crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I felt that if you just if you put Deadpool in an element where all the where the story is crazy, then all you're doing is making a is you're you're not allowing him to you're not allowing there's no straight there's no there's no real straight man. Yeah. And the world should always be the world and everybody else should be the straight man to Deadpool. The uh, in this case, you have, you know, the crazy presidents, you have, you know, the the person who started this, which is who is over the top kind of crazy and whatnot. And it's the, uh, it's, it's just too much of a big bag of crazy. Yeah. And I, I, I agree think, mostly. I, I mean, I, I think, but I, I think it was, I think it was more fun than the first series. Okay. Um, but, uh, coming too close to the, in time to the other series, the uh, I think it comes off. I think it comes off as the uh, it's half formed Deadpool on the other end. Yeah, and that's a f- fair thing. I think you can write Deadpool into a crazy situation, but then you really need to make it about Deadpool crazy. Like you know, for example, he's all these ghosts of American presidents have come back to life. What would Deadpool's reaction to this be? He'd be like, "Rad, okay." So you know, he's gonna dress up as one of the American presidents and try to infiltrate them, even though he looks nothing like a ghost or any of them, you know, just go nuts with making it about Deadpool, just sucking in the crazy as he tries to out crazy, a crazy situation. And ultimately you kind of end up at the same point you're talking about, I think where Deadpool is the craziest man in the room and the story's about Deadpool being crazy. Yeah, or Deadpool making the situation crazier than it than it needs to be, or should be, or can be. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I thought it was it was. I mean, it, it was entertaining. It I was. Just, 
I just wanted I just wanted a little bit uh, I wanted a little bit more um, I wanted a little bit more of the world looking at Deadpool like he's nuts. Yeah, and in all fairness to this series, I was suffering some serious Deadpool fatigue by the time I got around to it uh, because I ended up for this for this podcast. I think I read about sixty comics. Just it's a lot of comics. Um, and this story, the first arc was too long. I read a few issues into the second arc. It seemed like it kind of improved, but man, it was hard to wash that, the taste of that first arc out of my mouth because by issues four, five, and six, I was just, I wasn't hate reading. I was just fatigue reading. I I didn't care what happened. It was going on too long. I was seeing the same events just kind of reordered and repackaged that I saw well, yeah. in the first it's two the issues. Problem. It's the problem with binging a lot of the stuff that we yeah. that we read. Well, we and we, as I said we've ran into that problem. The crazier the book, with the more you binge it, the, the less you're going to get out of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, although sometimes I think that's caused us to make some interest, some judgments we regret later about that yeah. book. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's no the the books the books just crazy. We just got you know, we just got tired of reading it after a while because we were binge reading it and then go back and go, maybe it wasn't as good as we thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe it shouldn't have gotten the pass. What what book are you perhaps talking about here, Nick? What? The uh it has you know, I know exactly content. what book you're talking about. Yeah, I know. The uh yeah. So somebody who later went on to write uh God is dead. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I got to say it again. I got yeah. to make Brock's brain go to a bad place. Yes, yes. So Deadpool Volume Three, I give it a read. It, I would probably put it about on par with Volume One, um, but it its flaws are very different. I have a bit more nostalgic affection for volume one so i'd probably rather go back and read that even though it's flawed um yeah i mean deadpool volume two is just so good that it's hard to everybody has their first uh you know their first introduction to a character you know if they if they become a big fan of a series or character or whatnot and uh deadpool the volume two that is my deadpool that's and, the, you know, I started reading life. Deadpool from the beginning. I bought the first issue of Deadpool, New Mutants 98. I bought that on the rack. I've been with Deadpool since the very beginning. And it doesn't matter. Volume 2 is the best Deadpool ongoing. It is. It's just, it's damn near flawless, at least for the dozen issues I've read. Um, and I have read later issues, but they were very uh, sporadic. I'd pick up an issue or a couple issues here or there. Uh, the art's fantastic. The writing is just... If if you need a template for Deadpool done right, that's it. Everything about the book is as Deadpool as Deadpool can possibly be. So I, I don't think it has anything to do with where you picked up Deadpool. You just happened to start reading the best book. Yeah. But it's once you read that one... It's really tough to 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 move on to a to a Deadpool that that's off of that interpretation. Yeah, that's not so perfect. Yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, uh, but yeah, I I mean, if anything, if you're gonna you're if you're gonna start reading Deadpool right now, 
read the second volume. It's you've got sixty some odd issues to go through. You've got some reading material. Yep. Um, the uh, you could start there, and if you end there, you're fine. I mean, the uh, the the but the new series. Uh, I haven't read the the brand new series that's come out yet either. Yeah. Um, so I can say nothing about it. And but, uh, Deadpool also has a lot of great um, other stories. Like the miniseries way back in '96 or whenever it came out. I read that, but I read it back in '96. I don't really remember much about it now. Um, but I do remember. I mean, it launched the ongoing series, so it was popular. It probably has some merit to reading it. Uh, in the right around 2010, the X Force reboot, Uncanny X Force, maybe, uh, where it's part of a team book with Wolverine, Psylocke, uh, Angel, or Archangel, I can't remember now. Um, and Deadpool is one of the team members, and it it's actually they weave Deadpool into a team book really well because he's often the lone wolf off. You know, he's the scout team. He's the one who's out doing his own thing. And is often his, the things he does is, are often in conflict with the overall team goals because Deadpool sees an opportunity and Deadpool acts. That's if you want to read other good Deadpool, uh, check that out. That's good stuff. Um, there's a lot with this character and man yeah i mean i mean he's the most popular character in the marvel u that has popped up in the past 40 years probably yeah the um there's supposed to be uh, it was recommended to me and i haven't read it yet but one of the guys i uh work with uh recommended that i read um the series called the the uh deadpool the good the bad and the ugly okay i haven't read that it's supposed to be Captain America, Wolverine, and Deadpool. Oh, <laughs> um, the uh, and I, I he says it's really good. Uh, so I'm going to read that next. Uh, I just didn't get a chance to read it before we did the recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I mean, the uh, so there, there's still I think there's still a lot of people who really like the character working on it. Um, the uh, least of all, I could say that the the current iteration there, you know, or the iteration that we the third iteration that we read um was uh was really trying to be true to the character it was it just wasn't quite hitting the right chords yeah so um not a bad book by any means no um but you know we'll see i, I it's the uh it's one of those characters that i will you know they put out something new and then i'll i'll give it a try sure so uh, let's hop on over uh, to the movie because we haven't even brought it up at all. Um, we were building. We were building. Yeah. yeah. There's. We could talk about Deadpool comics forever because there are so many appearances of the character and so many miniseries and so many little one-shots and stuff like that. Well, you could probably talk about it forever because you probably read a lot of those. <laughs> um, I have read exactly what we've talked about. Oh, okay. So if you want to, if you want to go into that direction and say we could talk about it forever, um, at some point I've got to say, uh huh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll read that sometime. Yeah. So let's move on to what I have seen. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard to decide what to read for this podcast. Uh, so I kept it simple and just did volume one, two, three. And then I ended up reading the Deadpool kills things, but um, mostly because I made you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there was just a lot of different choices, and I, uh, I spent a lot of thought trying to figure out. Well, what's a good cross section of Deadpool? 
And then is the characters just all over the place but let's talk about the movie uh which probably has the most hilarious opening sequence ever filmed yes with no actor or director names just that one guy the hot chick um some total ass hat you know cg character yep uh and so many little so many little pot shots at various uh, past appearances, what Ryan Reynolds has done. The opening sequence when his wallet flips open and there's a Green Lantern card in there, I just burst into laughter. I'm like, oh, well done, guys. Well done. You're totally getting the meta part of Deadpool. Which, what? yeah, which is super important. Yep. And then there and then there was just the insanity of a, a, a single snapshot of complete insanity. Um, you know, just the visual mm-hmm. was it, it told you that, like, OK, the they, they've they've got uh, they've got a part of this. Now show me more. Yeah. And the use of a. Uh... Uh, Angel of the Morning. Yes. <laughs> great. Which everyone who listened to the podcast uh, heard that wonderful song as the intro to this week's podcast. Uh, I haven't heard that yet. No, you what haven't if- because I haven't packaged the podcast and sent it to you yet because we're recording it, you dunce. No, I wanted to hear it when it started. Why can't I hear when it starts? Yeah, okay. So... uh yeah, I was a little bit disappointed to see that they opened the movie after the title credits and all that with the test footage scene because I'd seen the test footage scene 15 times. But I understood why they did it. It's a good scene. It's just it kind of sucks for somebody who binge watched that over and over again because it was so damn funny. That and I, and even they changed the song was the change the the one song he's singing. Yeah, you know, bananas I, by Gwen and, Stefani. And I had grown to love. Yes, you know him bananas, bananas. Yes, <laughs> that was really a nice touch. They, I'm sure it came down to film rights or usage rights and cost. It's yeah. a lot cheaper to get Juice Newton than Gwen Stefani. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. <laughs> The uh, and the budget of this movie is the budget they put this movie on is obvious, but also help, seemed to help it. Yeah, I mean, it was under sixty million, I think, for the uh, budget of the movie. Where it seems like an assload of money, but when you look at you know a Marvel movie that'll have a budget of two hundred million, it's it's not a lot of money. Yeah, and so funny because their return on this is crazy. Oh, it's going to be nuts, and. You know, I'm really happy it's doing well. I couldn't be happier for the love that was put into this project and everything about it. But maybe it's just me. I don't need to see another Deadpool movie. Um, so the the chances of getting it right twice are small. Yeah, yeah. There's um, the problem. I think is is that you really have a problem with. Uh, with that sh- with that shtick, you have to work it in a way, work it in a way because you're, you're not going to anybody who's surprised, or, you know, everybody's going to be used to that shtick at this point, and so just rehashing it mm-hmm. isn't is good in a movie. I mean, you could do it for fifty issues of a comic, um, 
the uh, because you could you can keep changing the you know different story you keep approaching it with a different story but the um in a movie um it could wear on you. Uh, yeah. The crazier, the crazier it is, the more, the more likely that it's not going to come off well the second time. This it's is... just like I, I was talking to. Uh, I'm not done yet. Oh, Boom. I'm not done yet, sir. Sir, Turn I have not finished music. speaking. Turn off that music. <laughs> um, the uh, um, I was talking. I was talking some about the um, about Ant Man, mm-hmm. and um, uh, what's this character's name? The um, the okay, the guy who everybody loved in the movie Ant Man. <laughs> Oh yeah, the uh, sidekick character. Um, oh god, what's his name? He has a really normal name, <laughs> and it's it's like the Latin equivalent of Mike Smith or something. Uh, and oh, I'm Michael drawing a blank. Michael, Michael Pena. Pena. Plays, there plays, you go. Uh, plays Lewis. That character is so great. Oh, fantastic! That I don't want to see him again. Exactly. That's that's exactly how I felt about that character and Deadpool, and. In some ways, I wish that Deadpool was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They make this movie that is completely off the rails and unrelated to anything else happening in the Marvel U. Make this make this movie, exactly this movie. But then, if they have the rights that allows you to bring Deadpool in for, say, 10 minutes in an Avengers movie. And it gives you kind of like the Tony Stark fatigue that I got after a couple Iron Man movies where I'm like... This is a perfect rendition of this character. It's brilliant. I never want to see another Iron Man movie. I want to see Tony Stark for 20 minutes in Avengers. I I can't deal with two hours of him. I was, I mean, I was, okay, but I, I, I didn't have that kind of problem. And, and honestly, I, I look at um, uh, Deadpool mm-hmm. and I say that the smartest thing that you do with Deadpool now is that if you're going to make another movie with Deadpool is you really need to do what makes him good in the comics. And that is, you've got to mix him in with something mm-hmm. you've got to mix him in with other, with it's going to you know, if it's going to be X-Men, you mix it in with the X-Men. Yeah. But in a, in a way that you almost need to write that, write those, uh, uh Daniel way story just like that, where, yeah, the, He's the, secretly working for Shield, but you don't even know it for half the arc. And even then, when you get to the end of it, there's almost this play where people go, "Wait, what?" And then there's a then there's just this hash mat, this mishmash of of uh, of uh, clips showing how what he was doing to get to that point. Yeah, and even Shield, who hired him, and basically said, "Well, afterwards they." basically threw up their hands and said well he got the job done um but we didn't tell him to do that (laughs) no the the route he takes to accomplish the goal is so not not in unison with (laughs) what his employee employers or other teammates or people around him are trying to get him to do and the other thing that's tough is is i don't think that you can do the love story again no, you can't. And, it, and, and man, and they it, nailed it. And it's so integral to this movie. It is um, the uh, the the way. So that character trying to work in heart into that character in, into that story with um, they did it in a way that the that almost the, the comics almost n- never did and no. never could have. And they did it 
beautifully. Yeah, because the uh, Marina Baccarin, uh, who plays his girlfriend, kills it in this movie, and she kills it both in her performance and the script that she was given because they made her character just as vile and insane as Deadpool, and that's what it needed. She needed to be able to, you know, go line for line with Wade Wilson. Yeah, uh, it need it needed to be perfect, and she needed to. Uh, yeah, she it needed to come off as a love in their way. Yeah, absolutely, because a yeah. conventional story is not believable with this character because this character is insane. Yeah, so it needed he needed. They needed somebody who was a little insane, but not not so much as to not be as to not be still almost a tad more normal than he was. Yeah, yeah, just a touch. But I think most of her normalcy came from the fact that she didn't run around killing people. Yeah, you know, uh, she I, was, yeah, she was otherwise, you know. Uh, yeah, she uh, she was the uh, she was the bad girl that you know that this is how do you, oh man I'm I'm locked up on it but um, she was the bad girl story told right without perverting the fact that she was a bad girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just it everything about this movie was done well. The middle kind of wore a little bit thin on me. Uh, I was just kind of getting fatigue of the character. But then, thankfully, the third act of the movie picked up again and was super strong. Negasonic Teenage Warhead was a brilliant decision because, you know what? If you're going to include a character in a Deadpool movie, why not choose that character solely based on her name? Correct. And, and then, That's and a legit read- reason. And change it. I mean, they changed the character completely. Yeah, they did from the books. Which good job, by the way, because you're trying to, you know, you if you tried to bring that in from the comics directly, you probably would have had to bring in yet another character. Mm-hmm. And it was almost great that it was just you. It was just two. You had um, Colossus, and you know this conglomeration that they made for. You know, uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And Negasonic Teenage Warhead, I think, has only appeared in a handful of issues. Uh, so it's not like this is, tr- you know, tromping over the history of a, an established character. She's kind of a throwaway character, which is great for Deadpool. And her name is friggin' Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which, mm-hmm. of course, that gives you a brilliant scene where Deadpool is just in love with her name. Because mm-hmm. Deadpool would be. He'd be like, this is the best name ever. I want to trade names. Can we trade names? <laughs> am I gonna get, what is it? Am I going to get Teenage teenage Pout? Or am I going to get... Oh, I forget what it is. It's, it's, uh, yes, the inner, every interaction with that character is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I thought that was awesome. I thought that, you know, uh, the interactions with Colossus were 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 decent. It was, but you know, it, it, Colossus was the stand-in for every other Marvel superhero. He really was, and he was just simply there to take up space and to play straight man. Yeah, the uh, and and of course, and to make the scene near the end that uh, was, you knew exactly what was going to happen the second they started talking. The uh, you know pretty much right at the end when when uh, dealing with the bad guy, mm-hmm. 
And you knew exactly what was going to happen. You know it the second they start talking. Yep. You, you, the, the scene, that scene writes itself. And they did uh, also did a really good job with the uh, bad girl. Uh, what was her name? Oh, I can't oh. get Phoenix out of my head. But obviously not Angel. Angel. Uh, Wasn't it Angel? It was something. I thought it was something Angel, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, where she squares off against Colossus, and they do a really good job of establishing how strong she is. Angel so, Dust. Angel Dust? Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a really solid movie, and I loved it, and I don't know if I ever want to see another Deadpool movie again. That's basically do, the way I, I can sum it they, up. I do if they take the... I do if they take the lessons from the second series of Deadpool. Yeah, I mean that that is that, fair. If if they if they use Deadpool to play off against the um the to the, the other uh, other Marvel characters which will be X-Men because it's in Fox world. Mm-hmm. Um and Deadpool they, is most closely aligned with the X universe. That's why Fox has rights to him. Yeah. Um the uh but I, I, I think that that's where that story could work. Um, the uh, I just I know that the uh, people say you know what about the love story and I'm like God I just don't you can't I don't know if you could do that because if you bring that love story in again somehow I just think you're going to have um you're going to have too much of a retread of this story. Yeah, you can't do it again and. To be frank, you kind of have to kill her. You have to do a Jason Bourne thing, where at the beginning of the second movie, uh, Frank and Patante just gets shot in the friggin' face. Yeah, you're like, okay, that's done. Yeah, and it's not an insult to the character at all. She was perfect. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a perfect character. But the it's the the problem is 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 the storyline, the story to which she belongs. Yeah, it's over, and she's actually just dead weight after that story's been told. And again, that is no insult to the character because she was perfect and wonderful in the role that existed for her. But once you move past that role, that character actually becomes a drag on the, the title character. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah. So I, I almost, I, I, even though you consider her integral to the story, I don't think she could. I don't think she could be integral to a future story without it being a rehash. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm a lot more. Adamant. Or maybe they're better at the writing than we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's very possible because they wrote a hell of a movie. Um, I just view it a lot like, and I know I'm more adamant about this stuff than a lot of other people. Where you know, like uh, for example, Ant Man or True Detective, Deadpool. Okay, high fives. You guys nailed it. Perfect movie, perfect series. Thumbs up. Love you guys. Big hugs. Now go do something else. Because you're only going to soil what you created. And maybe that's not fair, but I, I, I love British television because they are not afraid to walk away. And I wish a little bit more American entertainment wasn't so geared around cash cowing. And would take that same approach. Yeah. If this but... is the only Deadpool movie that ever gets made, it is enshrined as one of the most unique and funny and entertaining superhero movies to ever be made. Yeah. And uh, and it completely changed the Hollywood game. Yep. I mean, the the somebody at somebody at Fox who was, you know, who was uh, being 
you know, who kept pushing this movie off and whatnot, the uh, is probably getting probably got bitch slapped. Yeah. After this movie was made, I hope the um, guy who uh, finally green lighted it and was like, "Okay, we need to." burst down all barriers and make this movie right now is the same guy who canceled Firefly. So he's just standing in his office with his arms in the air yelling, Vindication! (laughs) 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 Then again, that guy was probably fired years and years ago, so that's unlikely to have happened. Yeah, but it's, uh, I I think that, well, now we're going to get tons of R-rated superhero movies. And they're going to miss the point. Yeah, unfortunately they are. Yeah. Um, the uh, this movie had a very real reason mm-hmm. for being R-rated. Um, the uh, and a lot of the stories that are told right now have no reason to be. The um, and the uh, even when they're talking about doing it with, with Wolverine or uh, I, I just well the Blu-ray I, version of Batman vs Superman is going to be R-rated okay and to which I have one thing to say fuck you Zack Snyder yeah. seriously Dude. Batman vs Superman R-rated no no man no there is no reason for that to be None. So is, Zero. is there a, is there a 5% chance that that movie is good? Oh, I'd put it at 5, but man, it's it's just they are I hate to judge things before they come out, but they are getting every news bit that comes out, they are getting it wrong. Everything that comes out is another indication they're getting it wrong. This whole c- c- the whole concept behind this is shit. This should be the tenth movie, not the first. Mm-hmm. Look at look at Captain America: Civil War, and man, you're just sitting there. You're primed. You're like, man, Iron Man and Captain America are gonna fight. I don't know whose side I'm on. I don't know, but man, I like both these characters, and I hope one of them doesn't die. But I think one of them is. That's what Batman and Superman is supposed to be. But without six movies beforehand to show that breaking of the friendship and how these characters are endeared to the audiences. It means nothing. It's two guys hitting each other. It's God, a bro off. This movie, it's a total bro off or bro down. There we go. No, yeah, sorry. Bro no, down. And yeah, although when I was thinking bro off, I was thinking a little bit of Zoolander. So yeah. I was imagining, uh, I was imagining David Bowie, you know, coming in, yeah. standing to judge. Mm-hmm. Man, it's so disappointing. It's just they're ruining one of the great all-time sto- uh, comics storylines, which is The Dark Knight Returns, by trying to jam it into a package that misses the point of what made The Dark Knight Returns great. And that is the Batman versus Superman friendship and dissolution of that friendship. Yeah, movie's gonna, and then they're introducing Wonder Man or Wonder Woman and Aquaman and um, the Bat Hound. I think I don't know. They're introduced. They're throwing everything into this movie. It is going to be a a giant shit cocktail. Although, if they did throw in Bat Hound, it would be awesome. (laughs) Dude, Bat Hound's a legit character. I don't know what you're talking about. Like a Labrador with a little Batman cowl. He's rad. 
oh 1950s dc you were you were something else the uh, as long as the batmobile slides along a giant frozen slide you know <laughs> god <laughs> oh sweet jesus i feel but bad for ben be, affleck it, and it, uh henry cavill it's gonna be a black ice slide don't get me wrong yeah you know you know it's because it's, it, it's got to be dark yeah. The, uh, yeah, it it seems like they want to introduce everything that you would might want to see, but in a in a way that you might just absolutely hate it. Yeah, well, how are they going to tell a story and make us care about the characters when they're trying to introduce 25 characters? while telling one of the most important and influential storylines really in the history of place, comics. Which really only takes place between two characters. Exactly. And so why do you, why the hell do you need, I mean, you know, why the hell do you need Wonder Woman there? Why the hell do you need Aquaman there? I mean, the, Lex uh, Luthor's in this movie. Doomsday is in this movie. Who isn't in this movie? I mean, I'm expecting Brainiac to show up at some point because why the hell not? Um God, what are they doing, man? What are they doing? And I want discount Ant-Man to show up. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Adam. Yeah, well, okay. Well, this uh, this movie's coming out in a few weeks, so I guess we'll be able to watch it and... The build-up, the giant build-up of crap that we've had for all this time. I mean, mean, okay. So if if it's decent, then it'll be... Then it'll be Man of Steel, which yeah. is which will be remembered as it was a Superman movie. Yeah, it was, it was flawed, but I did not want to gouge out my eyes while watching it, and I didn't want to light myself on fire and run out of the theater. You know, there were some good parts to the movie; there really were. Uh, but fundamentally, it was broken because it didn't understand Superman. So now, the same director who doesn't understand Superman is going to not understand Batman. <laughs> Correct. So, oh god. It, so it could be. It, it could just be. You know, It could just be flawed, but okay. The um, at its worst, it could be the disaster that kills the, the DC the DC universe on film. I really kind of hope it does because I would just rather a, just see to change hands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to shake something up just it, it will force change if this movie bombs just so, just so just so they call up joss whedon and say how much money do we have to pay you yes oh god i mean that would be the smartest move they could possibly make and the sad thing is is whedon pitched them a wonder woman movie about a decade ago i think and they said nah <laughs> really guys really <laughs> Yeah, the oh, I, I, sometimes Jesus. I wonder if 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 Warner or DC, uh, you know, whatever part of Warner Pictures that handles DC movies, I wonder if they're just a, a boardroom full of people that spend their entire day kicking themselves. They should, but not, no, but not know how that they got there. They yeah. don't know how they got there, and they don't learn anything from it. It's it, no, it's 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 an alternating series of patting their own backs and kicking themselves. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know they go, yeah, so yeah, we've got <laughs> we've got Dark Knight Returns. We're working in Dark Knight Returns, and then 
two months from now. Damn it! Why did we work at Dark Rain Returns? Yes. <laughs> oh. Because, you know, maybe they think that it's going to be some big draw, but a small, tiny part well, of the population knows what the Dark Knight Returns is. But what made the Dark Knight Returns something worth tapping into is its powerful story themes. And that is the Batman, Superman worldview and breaking of friendship, which can't exist in this movie. Well, it, it can't. It, it, it's trying to go for it, it's trying to go for the orgasm without the intercourse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there. Basically, there is. It, it seems like in the the Zack Snyder verse, there's no sex. <laughs> there's, there's just this ever spewing orgasm. Fountain. Yeah, it, it's just people sitting around who are supposed to be spasming the whole time. Um, and really, you know, uh, Mar- uh, Marvel has had known how to, how to have, you know, have sex with their audience. Mm-hmm. The uh, To put this as, as crude of a way I possibly could for my own entertainment. Um, but they have for, you know, several... A dozen or more movies now. Movies of good, of, of, of mostly good sex. Yeah. And, you know, all to lead up to a movie that, you know, given their track record, should be a mind-blowing orgasm. Yeah, I mean, but it, and they're ramping it up perfectly. I mean, Marvel's worst movie to this point has been Average. Um, and now they're ramping it up with Civil War, which is the culmination of all these movies coming together. And then they're like, okay, if that wasn't good enough for you, now we're moving on to the Infinity Wars, which is going to be just insane. And you know why it's all insane? Is because we're all emotionally invested in the characters. We love them all. We want to see them. We have no such ties to DC because they're trying to make Civil War before they make Iron Man. Well, even the most average, even the most average of the Marvel movies was still a perfectly valid lead up to Civil War. Yep. There's it's still it, it was still character development. Yep. The uh, there there's a part of that. There, I, I'm assuming we're talking about Iron Man three. Um. What do you mean we're talking about as Iron the Man? Aver- as the as the as the average movie? Um, uh, Iron Man three, um, the Thor movies. Um, uh, okay, yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I I liked the first Thor. The the second Thor movie was a, was a little was a little much, but I you know what I I, 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 I enjoyed them all. I, I think I, I I think I liked the both Thor movies quite a bit. I, I liked I, them all, but from a movie making or from a movie standpoint, they're they're nothing special. No. Maybe even yeah. Ant-Man kind of drifts into that territory as well. You know, the cream of the crop is Guardians, the two Cap movies, um, maybe the first Iron Man, uh, the uh, first Avengers movie. You know, th- there are four or five Marvel movies that are just better than the rest. Yeah. But I think that the um, we, even when we get into a lot of people are not huge fans of uh, Captain or. Uh, um, Iron Man three, um, but I, I but I actually was I did like the movie because I thought that it it really tried to pick pick a little bit apart uh, uh, Tony Stark, mm-hmm. um, which going into it now makes it makes all the you know a lot of the rest of what he's doing make sense. Oh yeah, the best part of Iron Man three was when Tony Stark was not Iron Man 
far and away. Yeah. I mean, those, that was that was the legitimately good section of the movie. It was everything else I thought fell pretty flat, and it was just silly. Um, so, but I loved the part where he was just Tony Stark. I loved that part of the movie. A it, disintegrating Tony Stark. Yeah. The uh, which which I think leads into which I think is really going to lead is is going to pay off in Civil War. Oh, possibly, possibly. I mean, it could turn into one of the integral parts of you know this broader story that Marvel is telling. Yeah, the, I hope uh, it does. I, I I I hope that it's. I I, I honestly hope that it, it does the one. Th- I hope it does what I have you know not seen yet and if they manage to bring it all together and they manage to pay it off then I want to see uh, comic book movies wave their dick at the Oscars <laughs> yeah the uh, because I mean fantasy movies have done it mm-hmm. uh, the uh, I mean you have Lord you have Return of the King which still of that entire series is not the one that return deserves the Oscar. No, either uh, the first two are better. The first two are far better, but it, it got it as the, Oh, I guess we should. <laughs> yep. Um, the, uh, but you know, it's like, sorry, sorry, we missed you, bro. We, we got you. Yep. The, uh, but you know, I think if they build up and pay off this movie, then I think it's Oscar worthy. It might be. I mean, uh, if not, uh, yeah, I think probably their best shot is probably Civil War because that's going to be smaller than the Infinity War m- movies. And it's going to be a lot more of an emotional movie because it's Correct. about two characters really tearing each other up. Because they, for some reason, they'll never give it to movies that have – these days, they'll not, they won't give it to movies that have comedy in them. Or so, black people. Or black people. Well, yeah. Or, or, you know. Seriously, Creed was so good. The fact that it did not get a Best Picture nomination is criminal. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But and hell, what? Straight Outta Compton was really good, too. Yeah, that's on my list. Of, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't super excited to see Creed, um, but I, I really want to see Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, Creed's a better movie, but they're both definitely worth watching. Yeah, the um, uh, but, you know, watching uh, – it's like this, this year's Oscars. You know, just watching um, – uh, the, yeah, I think there was an article on it that Mad Max got all the Oscar, Oscar uh, won the Oscars except for the ones it should have. The uh, uh, I don't know. Um, the best movie I saw the, in the past year was The Big Short, and uh, you know, and that's per- perfectly valid. But you know, the funny thing is, but you know, I I don't think that, and I think there's a lot of thought into that the. I think when people think of Oscar winning movies, I think at this point they no longer think of there's certain classes of movies they no longer think of. The um I don't even think an action movie has a chance. No, um, but they e- never even, even really if, never if, did either. I mean Star Wars wasn't nominated for best picture. But e- even if they should um, because the uh, because make some of those uh, some of those movies are so good that it's it isn't just it isn't it shouldn't be just these you know in these highbrow yeah, think pieces exactly yeah because that's not all all what movies are <laughs> no and it's and, you know what it is maybe uh you know what? I'm gonna start that sentence over it is just as hard to make a truly quality engaging heartfelt action movie or comedy or any genre of film as it is to 
write a highbrow think piece. You know, in some ways, it's harder because when you get when it gets when it gets the comedy to make it to make a absolute superb beginning to end good comedy mm-hmm. is probably the toughest screenwriting you can have. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's look not, at Forrest Gump. Yeah, because the, the, I mean, first of all, the 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 punching people's buttons in that regard is tough. Yeah. Really, really tough. It's not, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to punch people's buttons with, with things that are, um, obviously emotional and, you know, and to, and to, to make people feel, I think to make people feel, um, to make people feel uh, not as happy emotions is easier to do than it is to make people. Yeah, just put a dead puppy on the screen. Yeah, yeah and there you go. I think yeah. So I think that there's a, I, I think that that snobbishness is. I think it sucks because you sometimes you just have these supremely good comedies that come through. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, the it would it, isn't it a shame that you know in a world where you have bridesmaids. You know that nobody can you know nobody that who would vote can appreciate exactly how difficult it was to pull off all the uh, all the uh, the heart and humor of that movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was such a well done movie, and yeah, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. But we are way over, and we are way off the rails. Okay, so so, uh, so Deadpool, read second series. Read the second uh, series of Deadpool, and if you haven't seen the movie go see it it's it's as deadpool as you ever want deadpool to be and it is damn near a flawless transition from comic to screen yes um and yeah i i I think we could i think we could end there sure brain you did a pretty good job thanks thanks for listening be sure to drop us a line at countercomic at gmail.com you can also visit our website at schlockworks.com where you can view our podcast archives or you can uh, purchase my comic Time Dick, so swing by there. If you are so inclined, drop by iTunes or Stitcher and give us a review. And that's all we have for this week. I'm Brock Beauchamp. I'm Nick Hemsing. Thanks, everybody. Okay.